When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Three! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 Dragon Smoke. It's Hot Routes on Purple Daily. 588! 397! Alright, back here on Purple Daily. Hold on, everyone. I'm searching for. I love July watching party your brain themes. work. It's a it's an amazing <laughs> so, thing. I I think of the as soon as I get up. I'm so excited. This is a real story. As soon as I get up every day, I pull out my phone and I start to go through a couple of different Twitter accounts to tweet out NFL news, and I come up with our hot routes for the day. Sure, it's a great segment. Before I have even gotten out of bed and walked the dog, you do a great job. Appreciate that. of coming up with these questions. What I do not think of is the actual hot routes that I yell out. Until we're like ready to go. So I was just searching 4th of July because I'm off tomorrow. It'll be Chad Graff and Danny tomorrow. And we're thinking, okay, well, we've got to have something like America or 4th of July. Yesterday we did terrible Wolves team hot routes, and that was fun. So maybe there's like a maybe it was painful, some, but fun party yeah. ideas mm-hmm. here for 4th of, of July party ideas is what yeah. you're looking for I mean, now. Yeah, I guess we could. See, that's the thing is, if I say that America is going to be our ideas, then it could get really like dark and ironic, and <laughs> you know, just knowing my sense of humor. So we won't have jobs by the end. Maybe of the show. we'll just yell out <laughs> right. states, right? States just like okay. Montana, thirty-two, or maybe what state they were. But that gets uh, too in deep into the Google. Anyway, let's get going. Are you a guy who can do state capitals? Um, I don't know. Give me a state. Uh, Missouri. No. (laughs) (laughs) That was quick. Is it Kansas City? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I assume St. Louis. No. I'm now looking it up. Hold on. Jefferson City. Is it Jefferson yes. City? Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely not a capital guy. <laughs> That's stupid. One of them is Why would Mount it be Pelier, Jefferson isn't City? It? What? Isn't one of them Mount Pelier? I always remember, like, there were ones when they were teaching you in little school. That might be Washington. To... Okay. All right. 
Nope, not a capital guy. Not a, uh, don't Vermont, ask me. The capital oh, of Vermont, Vermont yeah, is yeah. Montpelier. I'm a capital guy. I'm back. <laughs> there you go. You just messed me up with Missouri. <laughs> back on the horse. <laughs> Ready to ride. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. Here we go. First hot route. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, running back for the Panthers, he said that his goal this year is to have 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving. Last year he had 91 receptions, came a little short of 1,000 yards. Do you guys think that uh, it's possible for him to get that? And who do you think is the best running back all around in history? And I can tell you there's one guy who did 1,000 to 1,000. Uh, was it Marshall Falk? Yes. It's Roger Craig. Roger Craig. Okay. Uh, I think Christian McCaffrey could do it. Did Marshall Falk do it? Yes. I thought he did. 1999. Okay, okay. So there's there's Just more than one. And done. maybe Priest Holmes. Priest Holmes Priest might have Holmes, done it. That's a good pick. He might have done it one season. I think Christian McCaffrey could do it. I think it is possible. If, but they need other threats on the offense to take the attention off of Christian McCaffrey. You need Cam Newton to be the MVP form again to be able to do it. You think so? What, do you think that his think 91 so, yeah. catches had to do with him checking down a lot to McCaffrey? Or, or, like, will they use McCaffrey more as a receiver? I'd imagine they use him more. But wherever he is on the field, you got to imagine that teams are going to follow him and game plan yeah. for him because who else does Cam Newton have to give the ball to? Jarius Wright. Right, exactly. 43 so catches last year. Teams are going to be keyed on Christian McCaffrey. That will be the challenge. Here's a sneaky fantasy guy for you, DJ Moore. Sneaky fantasy guy. I like DJ yep. Moore. He's a good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roger Craig did it in 1985. He had 92 catches and ran for 1,000 yards, just over 1,000. 1, See, that was way ahead of his time, though, yes. because the Marshall Falks and Priest Holmeses of the world, that was after offenses had evolved and involved the running back a lot more in the passing game. And that's Bill Walsh's offense that's way ahead of, right. way ahead of his times as well. And Roger Craig was the, the, the byproduct of it. I will take, though, a running back that's even older than Roger Craig to be the best. Did you give yours? Best uh, all-time? All-time? All-around no, running back? No, I did not. And this is one of those things that's not really... Do you have opinions that aren't really opinions to you? They're just definite facts. They're not debatable. It's just it is. I think yesterday the Bridgewater thing is probably... The, yeah. Like, Teddy Bridgewater was good in 2015. Do not at me. Or you can, but I'll ignore it. And him. I'll admit, there is some <laughs> bias here. My my nephew is named after this man. Walter Payton is not only the greatest all-around running back of all time, he's the greatest football player of all time, and don't debate me on that. It just is. I, I don't think it's a bad opinion. No. I don't think that's a bad opinion. He could do it all. I think if you're if you're making a case for not just the best... Like at his position, but the best player. There are only a few guys that even get into the conversation, and Walter Payton is one of them. Lawrence Taylor is one of them. I always thought that that was my Chicago and Bear fan bias no, that led so. to that opinion, and then I started working in Milwaukee amongst Packers fans who didn't want to give any Bear or anything from <laughs> Chicago any credit whatsoever, and even they would be like, and guys who played for the Packers, Gary mm-hmm. Ellerson, who played running back for the Packers and was my co-host, He'd say, yeah, no, it's Walter Payton. He's easily the greatest running back and probably the greatest football player of all time. Yeah. Uh, he was one of those guys that was retired before I was old enough to watch football, but that I consumed his um, abilities through NFL films. Right. And 
the if you're comparing all-time highlight reels of running backs, he's up there with Barry Sanders for highlight reel plays, but then also caught the ball out of the backfield. And blocked. Could throw the ball if they yeah. asked him to. And blocked like an and offensive lineman. Yes, yeah. yes. And I remember very specifically from NFL Films, Mike Dicka talking about his blocking, saying he's the best pound-for-pound blocker ever that I ever saw. And then they showed highlights of him blocking, I think against the Vikings, where a defensive tackle came through untouched, and Walter Payton just stepped up and stuck the guy right there. It's like, that's unbelievable. One of my favorite things about Walter Payton, and it's one of the things that probably goes unnoticed by a lot of people, never went out of bounds voluntarily. Oh yeah, and yeah def- that was old school. And defenders were very caught off guard by that, because they were used to running backs getting close to the sideline, and it was just like a, a brother-in-law rule. Okay, we're just gonna like hug and walk ourselves to the sidelines here. And Walter Payton would just annihilate defensive backs who took that for granted, that he was just going to let you ride him out of bounds. He made you pay for it, and I love that. He was incredible. Amazing. Um, who do you think, Jonathan, is the all-time all-around running back? We mentioned him, Marshall Falk. I think if he's playing today, he was like probably 10 years too early in the NFL. I think if he's playing today, that guy is completely unstoppable. And I agree, Walter Payton's up there as the, as the best. But if you're looking for someone else, Marshall Falk's up there. I will give you another guy ahead of his time, a friend of mine, Thurman Thomas. That is my biggest brag that I can give for Rami, you want to pick up that name? Mm, You just dropped that name. I played catch with Walter Payton, by the way. Did you really? That's awesome. I did. On my final day in radio in Buffalo, Thurman Thomas called out of the blue, didn't ask him to, to say congratulations and good luck in Minnesota. Really? Even though Minnesota is where he forgot his helmet in the Super Bowl. And I forgot that and was like, hey, you got any mo- uh, memories in Minnesota? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. that, and that, but, this is, but this is how nice Thurman Thomas was. He was like, well, you know, that was the, the Super Bowl there or whatever. And I was like, oh, wow, my last day in radio here, and I insulted Thurman Thomas. Great job, me. <laughs> um, Thurman Thomas led the NFL in yards from scrimmage four years in a row. I don't believe this has ever been done other than Thurman Thomas. 1989 through 1992, he was the centerpiece of some of the greatest offenses in NFL history. He was one of the few receivers. Listen to these yards per catch. You never hear this anymore. 11.2 yards per catch, 10.9, 10.8. This guy was going down the field. He was a, he would line up in the slot and go down the field as a back uh, as a running back and could make catches running vertical routes and would get big plays from it. So not just like a check down option picking up his receptions. So I I will go not not to question Walter Payton, but if I'm picking someone else, I would say Thurman Thomas belongs right there. Fair enough. Best all-around running backs. All right, New Mexico, 33, New Mexico. Capital of New Mexico? Albuquerque? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh guys, CJ Mosley for our next hot route, Jets linebacker. Says I was gonna say Santa Fe. Damn it! Man. I'm gonna take my guesses I, from now on. I'm really glad that my wife is working at the same time because she loves geography and stuff and would vomit if she heard me. Uh, CJ Mosley, linebacker for the Jets, says that he feels like the Jets are being slept on by the rest of the league. That's probably because they're not good as a football team. Um, what team do you guys think is being slept on? Hmm. That is actually good, and people think that they're not going to be good. Or, or just not mentioned. Could be a good team, but just not like being brought up as a Super Bowl contender. So you want a contender. I want whatever definition you think slept on is because it's very vague. 
are people as high on the Indianapolis Colts as I am on the Indianapolis Colts? They're my pick for the Super Bowl, so... Okay, then that's probably not a sleeper. It seems like the Chargers are always underestimated. Now, they... They tend to pee right down their leg whenever they have the chance to take that next step as an organization. They certainly do. So maybe that's why. But Philip Rivers, man, he's put he's put up a Hall of Fame career, and they've got some weapons around him. That defense is stacked and young, so they should only get better here in the next year mm-hmm. or two. I think that's a team that could surprise them, especially because of all the hype that Patrick Mahomes and, and the Chiefs sure. get yeah. in the AFC West. I think Phillip Rivers and the Chargers go sort of unnoticed. Okay, I'll agree with that. I, I think, think that meets the definition of slept on. Just okay. say, if no one's bringing them up for the for a Super Bowl and they should be a contender, you're being slept on. I think the Baltimore Ravens might be slept on just because Lamar Jackson's the quarterback. People aren't giving them a whole lot of credit because the offense might not be great, but they've still got a really good defense there. You've still got con- or consistency at the coaching staff, and I think that they'll be able to get Lamar Jackson to be a good enough quarterback to get them to the playoffs. I just wonder if he, and this is always a concern with a guy of that mold, does he run the football too much, and yeah. can he stay healthy yeah. playing that style of football? RG3 is their backup. <laughs> if Lamar Jackson gets hurt for any portion of time, it's a problem. But there was a study that someone did on this, and they found that running quarterbacks got hurt every bit as much as statue quarterbacks. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, statue quarterbacks can't get away from pressure. Running quarterbacks usually run themselves into... So that's just one hits. of those false narratives that we've all bought into for whatever reason. It is. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to go San Francisco is a team that's being slept on. I can on. see it. Yeah. Uh, last year, Nick Mullins had something uh, like eight and a half yards per attempt. Who is Nick Mullins? He was their third quarterback, and he was averaging over eight yards per attempt in the Kyle Shanahan offense. Kyle Shanahan, at one point, led the Atlanta Falcons to one of the best offenses ever. They have the best, second-best, third-best tight end in the league, George Kittle, and a defense that is getting better, I think, with Nick Bosa and D. Ford being added to the defensive line there. No one bringing up them as a legit contender I still question their wide receivers a little bit, but I think that they're solid. I, I think can that see their that. offensive line I is good. I can definitely see that. Yeah. It all hinges, obviously, on Jimmy Garoppolo. Absolutely. Absolutely. A, and a, I don't know if he's good yet. I He's one guy. I don't even know if I have a take. That's what I was going to say. A, if he's the real deal, and B, if he's fully recovered from that knee injury. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he goes 5-0 and with them in games that didn't matter. 2-0 for the Patriots. Didn't look good against the Vikings, but few people do. Mm-hmm. And then hurt. Right. So I, I really don't know. For a guy who's got a $130-something million contract, I don't know if he's good. Uh, all right, our next hot route. Let's go Mississippi 4, Mississippi 4, Jackson Hole. Is it? What? Can you say that on the radio? I don't think so. Depends on who you're referring to. <laughs> Not Jackson Hole, just Jackson. What's Jackson Hole? I don't know. Sounds like a <laughs> Old West city. I think that's a city. It is, it's Jackson, Mississippi. He but is right. Jackson I'm not Hall. willing to oh, Google Jackson that Hall, on a work Wyoming. computer. What's Jackson Hole, Wyoming? I don't know. City? Uh, Jackson Hole Chamber of Commerce. Why have I heard of this before? There Mountain is... Resort. Yeah, it's a real place. Yeah. I could sense that it wasn't. Yeah, there right. is a Jackson Hole. <laughs> there sure is. Uh, all right. So, sorry, Mississippi. I added a weird thing to your capital, and you're welcome. All right. Uh, pro Football Talk... <laughs> Had this headline, guys. Uh, Thomas Morstead has carved out a special place in New Orleans' heart. Now, 
Vikings fans, Rami, I'm not sure if you are aware of this one. Vikings fans love Thomas Morstead, the punter for New Orleans. That's I did not know a real that. Real thing, yeah. Really? Um, this is one of the joys of just oh, like covering I remember every this. moment of a team. I remember this. Yes. The playoff game, correct. Right? He made a tackle, broke a rib, kept punting. Right. And then Vikings fans all donated a bunch of money to his foundation, which he gave back to the Children's Hospital here in Minnesota. That's really cool. Very touching. Awesome. Story. Great. So he seems like a great guy. Um, my question off of this is just, who's your favorite punter ever? Ooh, that's a tough one. I like I like punters with some. Uh, I like punters with totally unjustified confidence mm, of yeah, a punter, sure. right? Yeah. yeah, who was uh the dude from the Raiders a couple of years ago? We all can relate to unjustified confidence. Absolutely, in this room. yes. Absolutely. The guy from the Raiders a couple of years ago. Um, well, uh, he's not my answer. Marquise uh, no. Marquette King. Marquette, Marquette King. King. Yeah. Awesome. Loved watching that guy play. But my favorite of all time, Todd Sauerbrunn. Drafted by the Chicago Bears. This is exactly why I asked this question. With a draft pick that's way too high. I don't remember. Was he like exa- a second round pick? I think he was a second yes. or a third round pick as a punter. And people are like, what? Really? Alright. <laughs> Todd Sauerbrunn shows up to training camp in a sports car, sunglasses, <laughs> and saunters out of said sports car, which has a license plate. That reads H N G T M E. Hang time. <laughs> Todd, Todd Hang time Sauerbrunn. Hang time Sauerbrunn. Love that right. dude. That's amazing. And he pumped. He pumped iron like a like a linebacker. Yeah. Like he thought he was a football player, but he was a punter. Some of these some of these guys were. Some of these guys could tackle. Sure. Uh, Jonathan, do you have a favorite punter? Was it Brian Mormon who took the giant hit from Sean Taylor in the Pro Bowl? It because was, it if was. it is, then he's my favorite. Uh, and Brian Mormon, I could tell you, there at one time there were more jerseys in the stands of Brian Mormon than any other Buffalo Bill. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not a joke. I'm not kidding. Because of the hitter. He, well, he was a multiple-time Pro Bowler. Right. And so he was super respected. There were there would be rookies who would come into the Bills locker room and be like, wow, man, there's Brian Mormon. He's been like, he's been like a pro- but he was like so respected. I grew up watching that guy. He's been, I grew up like, playing with him on Madden. One of the rookies, I'm not I'm not kidding you, said that. That he like walked in and was like, man, that guy's been a pro bowler like a bunch of times. Like, this is really cool. And that's how popular he was as a like, punter. I always wanted to be Brian Mormon but, when we played backyard football. You want to make that many Pro Bowls. Just saying, uh, I don't know how many he made exactly, but mine is not Brian Mormon, though I liked him a lot. It is Tom Tupa. And here's why. Because Tom Tupa spent a very, very long time as a punter and played for many teams. He played for one, two, three, four, five, six teams, and from age 22 to 38. Very long NFL career. But the best part is that in 1991, he played quarterback for the Phoenix Cardinals and went 4-7 and seven as a starter with six touchdowns. That's respectable. 13 picks and a 62 quarterback rating. Dude, for a guy who's a not a quarterback, yeah. for a guy, that's yeah. so respectable. That's downright impressive. To go 4-7. and seven. Yeah. Hell yeah. Tom Tupa, my favorite punter ever. All right, next hot route. Uh, I'm going to pick one I definitely don't know. North Dakota, 44, North Dakota. North Dakota. It's Bismarck, South Dakota. Bismarck, nice. Yes. It was? Yes. Yeah, Bismarck. Subscribe, North Dakota. (laughs) Get the app. On Alexa, North Dakota. Um, Spotify. The Denver Broncos, guys. (laughs) Just naming random platforms now. (laughs) 
uh, are celebrating their 100th season by making a top 100 players list. Now, not too long ago, we named our favorite Broncos, so we won't do that again. But if the Vikings did something similar, did their top 100 players. With the Broncos, I think number one's pretty easy. It's John Elway. Um, But if the Vikings did that, who's in their top three? And who's the low-key player that would definitely be a high top 100 for the Vikings? Now, I don't have the breadth of Vikings knowledge that you do, Matthew Collar. I'm only going to go with what I know in terms of history and what I've seen in my lifetime. So history-wise, you got to put Fran Tarkenton in there, don't yes, you? Yes, Got to be in there. Greatest quarterback in Vikings history, if I'm not mistaken. And then in my, in my lifetime... <laughs> I'm going to go with Randy Moss and John Randall. Sure, yeah. As the top three Vikings of all time. What was the second part of the question? Uh, is there like a low-key Viking who was great that you um, think would make a top 100 list that people might be surprised? Hmm. That's a little tougher for me to answer. Yeah. Low-key Viking. Who would be? I really don't have an answer to that. I'm going to okay. be honest with you. That's all right. Instead of trying to fudge it. Jonathan? Uh, my top three would be Alan Page, Fran Tarkenton, and Randy Moss. I mean, Alan Page won the MVP as a defensive player. We have the same top three. Yeah, <laughs> I think. I mean, Fran Tarkenton's hard to leave out yeah. because right. he was considered by a lot of people as maybe like a top three quarterback ever by the time that he finished his career. But sorry, I think Randy Moss goes a little bit higher on this list because yeah. you can make a case he's the best receiver to ever play. Mm-hmm. Alan Page, when you talk about Walter Payton level mm-hmm. players, Alan Page is Walter Payton level players. There's only like, how many players would that be in NFL history that you could say are... Quarterbacks aside? Can we put quarterbacks yeah, I, aside? Yeah, I guess so. Then but, maybe I mean, 20 in the history of the league. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, they just rise way above everybody else. Right. Lawrence Taylor, Walter Payton, Alan Page. There, there aren't many. Um, Would Jared I, Allen constitute not, like a low key top yeah, one hundred yeah, sure. Viking? Yeah, that's my answer. Yeah, I think then. so. Jared Allen. He was. He had a good. When you say Jonathan he had a good enough Viking career. Oh, to yeah, be a yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I was going to go with Robert Smith as my low key top one hundred. Robert Smith, another guy that I think if he played in today's game would have been a really electric wide receiver out of the backfield. and um, But even when he was playing, he didn't have a tremendously long career. But he was a really big part of those great, great Minnesota Viking offenses. We'll have to make the list at some point of uh, the 10 players that are just untouchable in NFL history. Anyway, that is not the final hot route. <laughs> Let's go... Um, Maryland, 44, Maryland, 44. Is it Baltimore? Is Baltimore? I feel the like Maryland, Maryland would be one of those places that would throw some really stupid capital at you. But no, I'm going to go Baltimore. Is it? Is it? No, you were wrong. Yeah, figures. Oh, Annapolis. Right. Yes. Annapolis. Whatever. Maryland. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, I knew, I, I knew it. I knew it wasn't like the, the city everyone would think of. It's just too obvious for Maryland. Do, I don't even understand why states do that. Like, we're just going to pick a small, obscure city and I make mean, this New York our is I mean, Annapolis isn't a small, obscure city. It's home to the Navy. Whatever. Now you're going to make me a bad guy if I keep if I <laughs> oh, stay down no. this road. Robbie and, hates the military. Oh, Robbie's unpatriotic. The Arab hates America. <laughs> he cares about you said it. he cares about the cities and not the military. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Like Interesting. it always bothered me that Chicago wasn't the capital of Illinois. I got to go all the way down to Springfield. 
What are you going to the Capitol for? I didn't pick that state. I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, All right. So, last (laughs) hot route. And uh, I don't know. I hope you guys are going to be doing hot routes the rest of the week or the Danny. Oh, we do it when you're gone. Okay, good. It's it's too good good a segment to not. It's mine. My last one for the week because I I don't miss this. The rest of the week after today. So. The Raiders are also celebrating an anniversary. It's their 60th year as a team, and they're releasing a commemorative logo to honor the 60 years as an NFL team. I saw this in your email, and I don't quite fully understand it. They're going to change their logo? No, I think it's probably you'll just have like a 60th anniversary something or okay. whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know if they're even changing it on the helmets, but they're releasing another logo. Gotcha. Soon. So I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um for my money, if you're ranking all the logos in sports, I will not just go football. In sports, the Oakland Raiders are number one. That is the best damn logo I have ever seen. It perfectly captures everything that a football team should be, everything that the Oakland Raiders should be, and it is so supremely embraced by their fans. It's just, it's more than a logo. It's like a state, a state of being a Raider. <laughs> if you say so. Come on. I do love the logo, but yeah. it doesn't encapsulate it, it goes that state. deep. All right, if you say so. The autumn wind is a pirate. <laughs> You've heard that, right? Yeah. It's amazing. So what's the question? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to pontificate I, a little bit I, about I just, pirates. I just, I want you guys to tell me. <laughs> don't we all, Rami? Uh... I want you guys to tell me the best logo in football that is not the Raiders because the Raiders are number one. It's not close. This is a tough one. Yes. This is a tough one. I'm tempted. I've always liked the 49ers logo. I don't know why. It's really simple. It's basic. It's just an S and an F. Um, Falcons is strong. Falcons is a really good one. These are all like the old school ones that they haven't really changed since their original logo. They might have played with the, the color scheme a little different? bit. Not really, no. Not really. I mean, the actual That's Falcon same. itself. Oh, sure, yeah. I don't think they've changed the Falcon. They've played with the color scheme a little bit, but I, I don't think, think they've like, changed the actual the day, Falcon. It's a little bit you think so? Yeah. I think so. I thought it was like a thinner bird. <laughs> they changed <laughs> <thinner> the Falcon. <laughs> they did? Yeah, I think the they Falcon, did. The Falcon used to be just all black, didn't it? Now they have red streaks in it. Yeah, I said they changed the color scheme, oh, okay. but the, yeah. the basic outline of the Falcon, the shape of the logo itself, oh, has never changed. What do you think, Jonathan? Cowboys is too basic. That's what I was going to say is Cowboys is up there, but the old Patriots logo is pretty good. Old Patriots oh, logo. Oh, yeah. I also like the Oilers logo. Yeah. The Oilers logo oh, is just Oilers. awesome. I, I was going to say, uh, I like New Orleans and Pittsburgh for all-time great logos. Just classic. They have meaning. I couldn't tell you what New Orleans meaning is, but it's something connected to the city. I don't know what the Steelers logo means. Uh, I think it's like the the old sign for like isn't the, steel, it the steel union. Yeah, steel mills something. Oh, is it? Yeah, there's some connection to the steel industry and that. I've got the words to the autumn wind as a pirate here. <laughs> oh, do you? I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> Please, do you do. want me to start it over? So yeah, you can could s- you? All right, here we go. All right, ready? One, two, three. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten, and he wears a hooded sash, with a silver hat about his head, and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold, and the trees all shake and quiver and quake, 
as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you around and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Come on! Wow. Football! Wow. Right? Do you not want to tackle the bleep out of someone right now? Nothing gets me fired up for football more than... It's July 2nd. A rousing poem. <laughs> Love a good a what? poem. A what poem? Rousing. Oh, man. Rousing. That is <laughs> so wonderful. We talked about how I don't cry yesterday. Almost. Really? No. Really? Right no. there. No. Huh? Not, that almost did not it. Even no. What if it was the actual voice of the guy doing it? May- then no. Maybe? No. self really. Goosebumps absolutely every time. Anyway. All right. That's Hot Routes, and it was wonderful. And I thank you guys. Have your tear ducts been cauterized? I don't, I don't, I don't even I don't understand. know what happened. I don't know. Someone mentioned that you didn't. Um, well, we were doing football logos, but like the Bulls, of course, have. That's Chicago a great Bulls. logo. Yeah, that's an all time. That's right. a great logo. Terrible organization. <laughs> Solid logo. Uh, I support any organization that Randy Brown played for. <laughs> all time great. All time great, Randy Brown. I, I have the dumbest takes about players that I grew up watching. <laughs> and one of the dumbest takes was like, Randy Brown was the real reason that they were great. Because he used to shut down the other team's point guard. He was a defensive specialist. <laughs> that was that was a take mm-hmm. at some point. It was like, man, if if they didn't have Randy Brown, you put him on John they would be so screwed. Yeah, for sure. Right. They don't win those titles if let's not take, for Randy Brown. Let's take a break. Uh, the NFL has have a, a great idea about the Hall of Fame. And I want to go through some of the players who might potentially get into the Hall of Fame in 2020. Because this could be really smart and really interesting. So we will take a break. We will come back on Purple Daily. X Games Minneapolis returns to U.S. Bank Stadium August 1st through the 4th, featuring four days of the world's best action sports music and festival experience. Don't miss the greatest action sports athletes on the planet and musical performances from Incubus, POS, the Wu-Tang Clan, and more. Tickets and more information at xgames.com slash tickets. Thank you, Jonathan. Back here on Purple Daily, Matthew Collar and Rami Maklov. If you're wondering, the USA women are up 2-1, to one and instant replay finally, for the first time in my life, did me a favor, and it took a goal off the board for England. Screw you, England. We do replay here in America, and we take away your damn goals. Is that your take on this game, is screw you, England? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I loved, uh, I don't care about soccer, but Alex Morgan's goal celebration. I saw it was great. She mimed sipping a cup of tea. What I like about it is that a publication over the pond called the American team arrogant. Yeah. I was like, and rightfully so. I mean, they're really stinking good. Piers Morgan, who's one of... The biggest tools in the history of tools. He yeah. tweeted something at Megan Rapino. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I don't remember what Great. it was. Go ahead. That's fine. You're I really lose. I can't stand British pomp and circumstance. Like I, they, they feel like they can tell us. I mean, that is the funniest thing, how right? It's like the all-time yeah. most arrogant nation right. calling someone else arrogant. And we won the war. Like, and also, <laughs> we won the war. You don't get to tell us how to act. Right. We, we were rebelling against your arrogance by throwing tea in a harbor. You still have a monarchy in 2019. Like get get with the times, right? Before you yeah. tell us how. To yeah, act. we're really into ourselves. Here's our little prince king guy Ooh. who looks like Carson Wentz. Ooh. Like, oh yeah, okay, all right, great. Yeah, we're definitely too into ourselves. Sure. So Carson Wentz, the don't touch the, the queen. Yeah. <laughs> she wears white gloves all the time, which is hilarious. Right. 
But we're too arrogant. For what purpose? <laughs> this is a woman who wears white gloves her entire oh, life right. yeah. simply because she was born into the right family. Yeah. But we're yeah. arrogant because we celebrate goals yeah. in and, soccer. And they're worth like an innumerable amount of cash, too, which is just hilarious. Did right. I mention we won the war? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Sip on great, that. Great victory for us, yeah. then, as will be this soccer match. For sure. Anyway, this will be a bigger victory. Um. Okay. And you know what? <laughs> Bigger than bigger, bigger than the Revolutionary War. I think so. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they, they, it's only the semifinals, not the final yet. And, you know, I mean, and, and that's the thing is like you guys had a head start and still just haven't come up with that many good things. Yeah, I mean, Seal is pretty great, but the Beatles. That, you know, you're talking too much. I guess, you almost I caused guess that the Beatles, goal, but I went with Seal first. Of course, <laughs> Clapton overrated. Just saying. <laughs> Overrated. <laughs> Couple good songs. I'll take Jimi Hendrix <laughs> over Eric Clapton. Totally agree. America. Uh, so speaking of great things, I guess we, uh, <laughs> the oh, you know what they don't have aside from one gift game every once in a while, and it's usually the Jaguars is NFL football. So the uh, Hall of Fame is considering this for its centennial class of 2020. They are considering putting in 20 people into the NFL Hall of Fame. And I found a list of people deserving, players who are deserving potentially of going into the Hall of Fame who are eligible in 2020 or have been eligible. And it's mind-blowing, the guys that are not in the Hall of Fame. Like it's, I got upset when you and I were looking through this list that some of the players here are not in. That I, I was just like not aware that mm-hmm. these people were not in. Sam Mills is the one where I. Yeah, you were getting upset get right in front of me yeah. over in the prep room there. Sam Mills is one of the best players in NFL history. That's pretty ridiculous, hands down. Yeah, like, and Clay Matthews, the older version, senior is also one of the best players in NFL history. But Sam Mills is like the definition of a Hall of Famer in my mind. Actually, is for he, him to not be in is outrageous. Is he junior? Is Clay Matthews of the Packers Clay Matthews the third? I think he, uh, might, he might be, be, the, be third. the third. I think yeah. he might be the yeah. third. You Older Clay Matthews who played for the Browns right, yes. was unbelievably yeah. good and no one gives Amazing. him credit for it. So I, I've got this list here. And if they're going to put in 20, I came up with, of the list that I found on the interwebs of guys who are not in and have a chance to get on this list of 20, and I came up with 31 who I think deserve it. Are you, do you tend to lean more strict or more lenient in terms of who should get into the Hall of Fame? I tend to lean more strict, to be honest with you. I, I don't want it to be cheapened. I don't want it to be the Hall of Very Good. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And with much respect to Harold Baines, if you go Goose Gossage and Harold Baines with your Hall of Fame like baseball has... Cheapens it a little bit. All right. Yeah. Well, okay, just, I mean, what other above average relievers or you know decent left-handed hitters are you putting in so i've always felt this way about the pro football hall of fame but at the same time they only put 8 in every year mm-hmm. and the classes are so small that there's just too many players who are deserving from the number of pro bowls all pros all those different things and they've left a lot of legends out of the hall of fame so i'm going to run through some of these and we can discuss them for what you think if Let's just say I, I put them on my list, and if you don't agree, then stop me, okay? Eric Allen, the cornerback from Philadelphia, New Orleans, I Hall agree. of Famer. Yeah. Steve Atwater. Absolutely. Should be an easy one. Yep. Here's a here's a tough one, but I think he should be in. Rondé Barber. 
on some of the best defenses mm. ever. Now, isn't it? That's Ron- true. Those it, were some great defenses. Not only that, but isn't it Rondé Barber who has something like a, a number of sacks, interceptions, and something else, fumble recoveries or something that no one else has? I don't know what it is. 47 interceptions and 28 career sacks from him. That's really good. How many years did he play? A really long time, and the whole time was with Tampa Bay. From age 22 to 37, one, two, three-time All-Pro. Three-time All-Pro is pretty good. One, two, three, four, five-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro. Yeah, he's probably he's probably a Hall of Famer, now that you lay out the whole case. He was, he was really good. I, I think he was sort of on the radar because, maybe because he was a twin and his brother was also good. And because there were other... Bigger names on that defense. Yeah. Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp. Yeah. Uh, Tony Baselli, one of the best linemen ever. Yeah, for Put sure. him in. Isaac mm-hmm. Bruce should be easy. He's not in. He's not in. No. Really? Now, this guy, the next guy I had, you know, Leroy Did he Butler. not have the... It's the wide receiver thing. There's just too many good wide receivers. That's true. And they yeah. get a log jam, and it takes Chris Carter and Tim Brown years to get in. When Are you serious? Right. And uh, Terrell Owens, but that was a different thing. Leroy Butler, you know, personally. I do. Yes. And to me, should That's be an easy one. Criminal. Yeah. And I, I, a young Rami Makhlouf would have never thought the the name on this list that pisses him off the most is Leroy <laughs> Butler. But because of my personal relationship with the man, I worked with him at my previous stop, and he's just a great dude. But all that aside, he he, if anybody. Is who is not in the Hall of Fame right now deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. It's Leroy Butler. He changed the way the safety position was played. If you look at the stats, you were talking about uh, fumble recoveries, interceptions, mm-hmm. and sacks. He was doing things from the safety position in terms of filling up those three categories mm-hmm. that nobody was doing at that time. He changed safety in the NFL, and the fact he's not in the Hall of Fame is criminal. And honestly, I feel like Doing it in this, I don't want him to get in this way. I feel like this is too cheap for Leroy Butler. He deserves he deserves to actually get in through the tried and true traditional mm. way of getting in. I think if you're those guys, you're like that's fine. Yeah, just I'll put, be happy no for one, him, no and one I know ever remember that it was part of a class of twenty. And to me, it's making up for a lot of wrongs here. I mean, so I, I I've just started my list, and we have gotten to one, two, three, four, five, six. Already, we've gone. You've gone six for six, agreeing with me that these guys are Hall of Famers. Yes. So already, I mean, that's almost a whole class already. I was borderline on on Barber, but you you convinced me. You pushed uh, me over. Roger Craig, one of the original two way yes. backs. I'm amazed he's not in. Yeah, but, that's I mean, amazing. Part of the Bill Walsh connection there, and maybe that's what he suffers from a little bit. Right. Is Walsh gets the credit, Montana gets the credit, Rice gets the credit, but Roger Craig, a major part of that team. Bill Cowher should be in the Hall of Fame as a coach. Should. Agreed. So how many how many so rings did he win? So two, eight, two Super Bowls. I think it was just one. Didn't uh, uh, Mike Tomlin win the second one? Then maybe not. Oh, but he was so good for so long. I mean, those teams were amazing. They they were always right there, and he didn't have yeah, the but great. What, what do you have to judge a coach on other than Super he Bowl? He went rings. to the Super Bowl with Neil O'Donnell as his quarterback. Like with players, we've talked about this before, especially when it comes to quarterbacks. I feel like people weigh rings way too heavily in terms of the ranking of, of quarterbacks, for example. But with coaches, what do we have to go on other than than winning and championships so, in terms of judging you? Well, I mean, record for one, he went 149-90-1 in his career. That's really good. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a 623 winning percentage. That's a, that's great. In the playoffs, went 12-9, and 
and appeared in two Super Bowls and won one of them. I think that's a Hall of Fame career. He had seasons of 15 and 1, 13 and 3, and coached for the same franchise from 92 to 2006. I mean, that's pretty darn hard when they fire coaches sure. every two years. Yeah. Uh, Don Coriel is an interesting one because I don't know enough to say offensive innovation. It's surprising he's not. Here's here's one you might disagree with. Corey Dillon. Is no, he, is he Hall of very I, good for you? I don't think he is good enough to get in. Corey Dillon's a, he might be a stretch. He played nine years in the NFL. He was really good though. He played nine years, really ninety seven to two thousand six, and he put up ten years. He put up arguably Hall of a Hall of Fame career. Is what you're telling me. Yeah, in 10 years. Why does it seem to me like he didn't? I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm just going off what I remember about Corey Dillon. Yeah, he. I don't Cincinnati, really remember him being He ever, was amazing in Cincinnati, but they were bad. Yeah, I guess he was an elite back in Cincinnati for a few years Four-time there. Four-time Pro Bowler. Uh, you know what? Actually, probably can't make it. He never led the NFL in rushing. Never led in like yards from scrimmage. Yeah, probably not. I'll take Corey Dillon off my list. Alan Fanica, I think easily they need mm-hmm. to put more offensive linemen in the Hall of Fame. Now, here's an interesting one. It is called the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It is not called the NFL Hall of Fame, even though it's all the pro football players. But there's one unique case here that I think this guy could go in the Hall of Fame is Doug Flutie. He's the greatest player ever in the history of the CFL. Hands down, it's not even close for who the next best player right. is. And had a pretty decent NFL career, especially when he came back with Buffalo and got into the playoffs and probably should have actually started the Music City Miracle game but did in a weird situation. Do you think that the Pro Football Hall of Fame was created and given that name to get people in from the CFL, or was it to make sure that they properly honored guys from the USFL and the AFL? It's 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 definitely the latter. But if you're making one exception for a guy who had a good NFL career too, Doug Flutie went 38 and 28 as an NFL starter. Right, is a good NFL career, but the greatest ever. I think that you could have an opening for the greatest ever. The greatest ever Canadian football player. Yeah, I would listen to it. I'm not totally against it. It's kind of like the Ray guy. My initial reaction sort of is argument. to like, say nah. I mean, it's like should they really put in a punter? Ray Guy, like, well, yeah, but he was the original, like, this guy is a weapon of a punter, and so maybe there's exception room for Doug Flutie of, okay, well, we're not putting in, like, every decent CFL guy. We're putting in the only guy that owns every record in existence there. Um, In keeping with how we started this segment as uber-patriotic, I'm going to say no. (laughs) No, Americans only. As as you are. American football players Actually, I thought you were the one who insulted Annapolis. Anyway... Um, I'm trying to recoup. Rodney Harrison, yeah. all very good for him. Yeah, probably. Okay, I've got two that should be easy: Mike Holmgren and Tory Holt. Yes, those, are, yes. those are yes and yes. yes. A guy that I would fight anyone in an alley for is Kent Hull, who was a center of the Buffalo Bills in the '90s when they went to the Super Bowls. I know. Don't know I, enough I, I to argue with you about know, a center from Buffalo. I am telling you, he I'll take was your word for it. a centerpiece, one of the great players on that team. And because he was an offensive lineman, he didn't get the credit. But this is when teams had a bunch of Hall of Famers because there wasn't free agency and they didn't leave. So that's one of the things he suffers from is they've put in Reed, they've put in Thomas, they've put in Kelly. So it's like, okay, we put in enough of those 90s bills. But Kent Hall posthumously should go in. Steve Hutchinson, a Viking 
should have gone in. Yes, this I year. know enough about Steve Hutchinson that yes, we agree on Edron James that he should. Um, was his window of productivity and peak long enough? Good question. I know he was probably a Hall of Fame level player at one point, but you have to maintain that for a certain amount of time. So he played eleven seasons in the NFL. He was a four-time Pro Bowler. That might not be enough. Yeah. He led the NFL in rushing twice, but it was his first two seasons. He did in 2005. He started in, 2000, he started in 99. In 2005, he had a 13-touchdown season, 1,500 yards. He only really fell off the last two seasons. Okay. He was over 1,000 yards almost yes. every year. I think so. The standard, I agree, should be super high for running backs. you got to do it for a long time. Right. You have to be special. It can't just be flash in the pan. But the fact that he was the all-around guy, I would say. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, coach. Easy. He's not in? No, he's not in. What? Yeah. How? I, I, I mean, again. I tell you. It's a very exclusive we could club. We could argue the same thing that that we were just checking on with Edron James and have a few other guys. The short window of success. But it was so successful. So successful. That he probably deserves it. Crazy but, but, success. but you're right. It was not super long. And in Miami, it wasn't. there wasn't much success there. Uh, John Lynch. Yeah. Uh, Willie McGinnis. A lot of great moments with the Patriots. Enough of them I think to constitute Hall of Fame? Probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was a part of, he was really the centerpiece of their defense for the entire time that they were becoming an elite team through the first decade of Tom Brady. 86 career sacks for a guy who played a lot of linebacker in his life. That's solid. But you know what he doesn't have? He doesn't have, like, Pro Bowls. Right. Which I don't think should count against someone necessarily because the Pro Bowl is kind of dumb. But mm, if you were going to make the argument against him, you'd say, well, he doesn't have the hardware for the Pro Bowls. I think making a lot of Pro Bowls does say something about a player. Yeah. So I've got got more on this list. Uh, So the only ones that you would say out of the the list that I've come up with, you were against Corey Dillon, you were against Willie McGinnis. And I think I talked you out of Corey Dillon. Yeah, you talked me out of Corey Dillon. Yep, for sure. But aside from that, this We're is sort of on the same page. And and Doug Flutie, very questionable. Of the safeties who you named, Leroy Butler, Steve Atwater, John Lynch, who is most deserving in your opinion? I'm going to say it's Leroy Butler, and that's not Rami Bias. Right. I remember him just being a dominant, dominant player. Yeah. Rodney Harrison is fringe for me. Like, if he doesn't go in right away, if it's way down the line, that's okay. All right, we're going to take a break. I've got a few more on this list. It's a really good idea for the NFL. As you can see, how many great players there are here. Really good idea for the NFL to put in 20 players in 2020. We'll take a break. We will return and finish up the list when we come back here on Purple. Jonathan here with the Score North download. This download brought to you by the 3M Open. CBS Sports ranked each each team's schedule, not based on their strength of schedule, though, but based on a number of factors, including the Vegas odds of a Super Bowl victory, weighting the first three games as more important and the last three as less important, and where the game is played, home or away. Your Minnesota Vikings, they came in with the second toughest schedule in the league, just behind fellow NFC North opponent, the Chicago Bears. That's your Score North download. Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka, and the best of the PGA Tour are in action at the 3M Open July 2nd through the 7th at TPC Twin Cities. The 3M Open welcomes the Zach Brown Band to celebrate the inaugural PGA Tour tournament in Blaine. Go to 3MOpen.com to purchase tickets and for more information now. Back to Purple Daily. Thank you, Jonathan. Um, USA still winning 2-1, to one, by the way, in the women's soccer match. America. And, uh... 
Maybe for hot routes, we should have used Revolutionary War figures. That would have been good. That would have been good. Uh, all right, so we were running. I don't running, know any, but that would have been good. Washington. Was he? Yeah, that he was, was like that a was, war general. That's how he became president, all right. I think. Yeah. After he chopped down the cherry tree. So anyway. And made uh, teeth out of it, we right? <laughs> wooden teeth, yeah. <laughs> okay. We were talking about, um, and his wife Martha was also there as a warrior of war. I think. A war. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, okay, so just to wrap up our conversation about the Hall of Fame, uh, the NFL, or the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I should say, considering putting in 20 in 2020, 20 people into the Hall of Fame, in part because they have this absurd backlog of people who are deserving of the Hall of Fame, and we've been going through some of those. Sam Mills is the one that personally offends me. For he's he's in two different teams Hall of Fames, but is not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I have no idea how that's possible. Ken Norton Jr. really great player, really really great player. Yeah, I mean linebackers some are harder. Na- yeah, right? that's true. Yeah, they don't get the sacks. But some of these names on here, like like you were saying before, I I just assumed that they were in for a lot of these guys. Uh, I think Troy Polamalu goes in pretty yes. easily. Dan Reeves and Marty Schottenheimer both not in. That's crazy. The Super Bowl thing, I understand why you'd want to give people more credit for Super Bowls, but Marty Schottenheimer is one of the most successful regular season coaches in history and was right there and had a bunch of terrible things happen to him. Yeah. Is it his wasn't he the coach with Biner fumbled? Like is that his fault? That's true. Uh I'll give you one more before we wrap it up. Sterling Sharp. What do you think of that? You're in Wisconsin. Yeah, he should be in. He should be he in. Should if Terrell be in. Davis is in, Sterling Sharp should Agreed. be in. Agreed. Okay, what are you guys going to talk about on Mackie and Judd with Rami, since uh, you're Rami? The process of going after D'Angelo Russell and whether or not that's at all encouraging. We're going to recap my watching and not crying of Toy Story 3. Roy Smalley <laughs> joins us at 420. Ah, very yes, nice. Okay, well, that's what's coming up next here on Score North. I will catch you next week. I'm off the rest of the week. Goodbye. Autumn win is pirate. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts.